There are a couple of baptisms we need to talk about today, though unfortunately we don't have any happening here, despite the font and despite the cruet. Of course, we also heard Drew wonderfully read the beginning of the story of creation, and since it's always good to start at the beginning, let's start with Genesis. It is the very first image we get of God creating the world. This is the first day, and the world is a formless void, a void, a nothing at all. Nothing at all until God's spirit sweeps over it. That's actually what's described in the passages as the wind from God. But we know that to be the word that's used throughout the Bible as the spirit. Then there is light and dark. There is morning and there is evening. The cadence of the passage is so peaceful that as you read through it, it can almost feel like being rocked to sleep. And that continues through all the days of creation. And God sees what he creates in each of those days, and it is good. I don't need to tell you, however, that it doesn't last. That goodness, that peaceful rhythm. Not then, not now. Sin and evil enter the world early on. It's chapter 3, actually, in the book of Genesis. Sin and evil enter the world. They take root and they grow. Much of the remainder of the Bible is actually an account of human sin and its consequences and our response. And I will tell you that much of it is not an encouraging tale. Which brings us to John. Now, we tend to think of baptism as a really nice rite, and we celebrate it because we have so many families and children in the parish often. It usually involves a baby. And because it usually involves a baby and because it's sort of cozy up here, even the tears that sometimes occur tend to charm us. I can assure you that was not how it was, however, at the banks of the Jordan. For John's baptism was, as we heard, a baptism of repentance, and not the kind of, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that, repentance, but the grief-stricken sense that you were so out of sync with God, with yourself, and with your neighbor that everything needs to change. Everything needs to change. Now, we have a font, actually, this bowl here that we've been using for decades here at St. James. But in John's time, they had no such thing. What they had was a river. The river captures the scene and the intention of that baptism better. For to go under the water is actually a ritual drowning. And for those baptized that way, and I have participated in one full immersion baptism, and that one at the River Jordan, it feels more real than ritualistic. It's about those sins, and it can feel like your very life being wiped out. Nor was it private. It wasn't even confined to a particular community. 
our baptisms, we are doing some private ones in the midst of COVID, but our baptisms are usually here with the congregation because it is entrance into the congregation. But in John's time, we're told that everyone from the Judean countryside and everyone from Jerusalem came out. It's actually a description of a nation, of a nation undergoing the baptism of repentance. A nation confessing that it has so failed to walk in God's ways that those sins must be put to death through a corporate act. At a time in our own nation when too many of us listen only to those who support our own view, our own opinions, caring not at all whether what we're listening to is true or false, at a time when we have allowed and continue to allow the destruction of the earth because we confuse our wants with our actual needs, at a time when a pandemic underscores the economic and racial disparity at the heart of our country, and yet we do not change our practices, national repentance, national repentance sounds about right. This is the water of repentance. But that, and for this we truly need to thank God, that is not the end of the story, nor the only intention in baptism. Jesus comes, as John declares, bringing another baptism. He will bring a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus undergoes John's baptism, that baptism of repentance. It is part of how he fully allies himself with us in what it means to be human. But Jesus' baptism ends with the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that will actually fill and fuel his ministry, a wind of restoration and recreation. He hears that he is God's beloved Son. Through him, and baptism in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And at every baptism, we mark this water with the sign of the cross and in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When repentance is met by that gift, our repentance is met and overwhelmed by the same truth that Jesus heard, that we are beloved by God. That is, of course, why Jesus came, because we are beloved of God. Every part of Jesus' ministry, his judgment of the leaders of the people, which was fierce, and his outstretched outstretched hands to heal and to bless. Every part of Jesus' ministry began from his baptism. And because we are baptized 
and blessed with the gift of that same Holy Spirit, it means that we too are called, and not only called, but empowered to live a new and different life. In just a moment, we're going to renew our baptismal covenant. I hope you will join us at home and out loud that together we might truly hear in our own ears our commitment to renounce evil and sin and live into lives worthy of Jesus' life and death and resurrection. As someone wisely said, may God deny us peace and give us glory. Amen.